Welcome to Real Estate and Coffee. My name is Joel Arndt. Here's some Canadian real estate news while you enjoy your morning coffee. Good morning. It's Wednesday, November 20th. Thank you for listening to Real Estate and Coffee. This morning we have our conversation with An Japanwala. He's an insurance broker with Lion and Butler Insurance. Man, he covers some very practical things that we can do as property owners to mitigate the rising costs of insurance premiums. He talks about the reason why premiums are skyrocketing. He talks about how to negotiate a policy renewal, little hacks to keep those premiums as low as possible, which clauses to look at that you may not need so that you can remove them and save you a little bit of money. Uh, There's a ton of practical things that you can take from this 15 minute, 15 to 17 minute conversation and use it today if you wanted to. You could call up your broker and, uh, and see some real results on your insurance policies. So that's coming up. Of course, we have an interview from a small interview from the Wealth Hacker Conference and Indwell's uh, 2018 annual report. Just to give you an idea of how efficient Indwell runs so that If you consider giving to the Houston Street Baptist Church project that they are partnering on, you know who's running that. Anyway, stay tuned. We're going to go through the, we're going to hop into the interview, the Wealth Hacker interview next. Going to go over those annual report numbers. And once we're through those two segments, man, this conversation with On is pure gold. Okay, let's do this. What's your name, and is there a way people can get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, it's Evan Agard, and you can find me on uh, Instagram or Twitter, uh, Clever Caliber, C-L-E-V-E-R-C-A-L-B-E-R. Cool. Um, what's your favorite investment strategy? Um, I, probably, I, it's going to be real estate, I have to say, and, and probably sort of the, the Burr model, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, um, are you financially independent? Not yet. What are you doing day to day to get there? Uh, a lot of educating and just reading as much as I can, listening to a lot of podcasts, um, and, and just talking to as many people as I can that, that have done it already. Should people rent or own their primary residence? I mean, I, I own, um, I, and I have rented as well, and I think, you know, while I was renting, I think there was always this stress of, of uh, you know, can we keep the place? Uh, is it going to get more expensive? So I think for my own personal well-being uh, and just like peace of mind, I would say own. Um, but it's different for everyone, so it really depends on what market you're in. If you can own cheaply, then I would say that's probably the best way to do it. Cash flow or appreciation? Cash flow, but it depends on your goals. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it is trying to reach that financial independence, so it's cash flow. Awesome. Thank you very much, Evan. No problem. Indwell is a charity in Hamilton that provides affordable housing to anybody, uh, to applicants and anybody who finds themselves struggling, um, whether it be mentally, uh, with addiction, with disability, for whatever reason, they can't find employment, stable employment enough to hold, to get pay market rents in Hamilton. And so what, not just in Hamilton, they're doing this in Mississauga, Woodstock, London, uh, now Norfolk as well, and Simcoe. They have multiple buildings in Hamilton. And they don't just provide the housing, but they provide community support. So there's addictions counseling, there's uh, food, uh, food support, there's just community activities 
to help build friendships and just those base needs that are actually stripped away when you don't have stable housing. And they provide all of the above. They also provide employment training. They offer opportunities for their residents to volunteer with them. And when you look at their 2018, when you look at their 2018 annual report, you see that, sure, 43% of their operating income comes from grants and expenses, but another 40% comes from rents, room and board. And then from uh, and then a certain percentage from donations and then administration fees. So they're not completely reliant on grants and, and, and donations, and they're not completely reliant on the government. And I mean, no doubt if those were stripped away, it would be struggle. It'd be a struggle for them to operate. But this is the point. They are providing a service at, and then, so you look at, you look at their operating income versus their uh, operating expenses, and they're operating in the black. They're a nonprofit, and they're operating in the black. These people are efficient. They know what they're doing, and all of their money goes towards supporting people. When you look at their expenses, their biggest expenses are people, which is how it should be. They, their building expenses are minimal compared to what they, you know, they have many multi-residential uh, buildings and commercial buildings out there, and they're their expenses are, are pretty low across all of all of their buildings. Indwell is an efficient charity. You know, you, you worry about when you donate to a charity that they are about how they're going to use your money. First of all, Indwell is very transparent. Second of all, they're very open to meeting you and talking to you. They're very personable. Thirdly, you can see directly the impact that they're having by visiting one of their buildings and going to one of their, their community outreach. You can volunteer with them if you want. And am I at four now? Uh, well, I don't even remember what four was. It doesn't matter. The point is that Indwell is efficient, and you can see where your money's going, and you know it's having a direct impact on the people they serve. If you want to, uh, so Houston Street Baptist, the reason why I cover this is because Houston Street Baptist is building, it's a church that's building affordable housing. They saw what Indwell was doing and they wanted to partner with them. So Indwell and Houston Street Baptist building a new building. They want people moving in by April, 2020. They're midway through construction right now. They need another uh, over $5 million. It was a $21 million project. They've already raised what 16 million dollars they just need just this little bit to go so that they're fully funded and they don't have to rely on commercial financing to to cover the rest like that's huge you're talking about a church here okay that's amazing so let's add let this church who is already serving their community this charity who is supremely efficient with the money that they are given let's add momentum to that if you want to give if you want to give big i'm talking a hundred thousand dollars email me recoffee at joelarnt.ca i'll set up a meeting with the leadership of indwell and houston street baptist you can talk to them about and, and get a feel for yourself about exactly how good they are at what they do if you just want to, if, if that hundred thousand dollars is not in your budget it's not in mine <laughs> but i do give monthly so i've put links in the show notes for both Houston Street Baptist and Indwell 
uh, and you can choose which which organization you'd like to to support and add momentum to. Let's let's put our might on this side of the lever so that we're lifting up the other side, which is the com the community programs, the affordable housing, impacting people who need it the most. Okay, and let's partner with people who are already doing this stuff. Check out the links in the show notes. And uh, yeah, let's make a difference. Hi, Alan. Thanks for coming on to Real Estate and Coffee. Uh, quick question, and we can go from here. Have in, uh, premiums for properties, particularly rental properties, but you can talk about whichever section fits you best, have premiums spiked in the past few years? I've seen some comments from investors talking about their experiencing premium spikes in their premiums. And what is... What is affecting that trend if this is what we're seeing? Mm -hmm. So, hey, Joe. First of all, thanks so much for having me on your on your on your radio podcast. Um, great question. It's a it's a question I, I get often from all my all my investor landlords and uh, clients. Um, have insurance premiums spiked over the years? Yes, we are seeing uh, many companies, you know, sending out the renewal notices to their uh, to their to the customers that their premiums have gone up, but you know sometimes you don't see a big jump in them. Maybe it's a couple of percent just to keep up with the rates of inflation. But the majority of the markets have been seeing you know almost double digit increases, which is quite a, quite a lot. Uh, the the main reason for that's been happening is that there has been a huge influx of weather related uh, weather related uh, uh, losses taking place. So if you probably noticed that in the past two years, there have been, there have been significant, uh, amounts of, uh, weather related claims like water damages that have been taking place. Um, you know, and just, just, you know, the most recent one so far that's been, that's been hitting, uh, hitting Canada is Hurricane Dorian, for example. That's, mm. that's so far up to date. It's been one, $105 million in damage that caused so far. Just that, just that alone, um, in uh, this past August, there was a rainstorm in Toronto that resulted in $80 million in insured damages. So every time it's, uh, there's a significant, exactly, so every time there's significant, uh, you know, rainfall, it's not just like a drizzle and it's going, whenever the rainfall is taking, going up to, you know, it, it's significant enough, it's causing enough damage in the millions of dollars, not just a couple of million, it's like hundreds of millions of dollars, as we can see here, like 80 million, 100 million. Uh, in May of 2018, there was a loss, there was a wind and rainstorm that hit Hamilton in the GCA, which caused almost over 500 million in, uh, in insured damages. So you, you have to look at it that the insurance company has to, has to recover that cost in some way, shape, or form. And if insurance companies, for every dollar of premium they're collecting, they are paying out a dollar fifteen, dollar twenty cents in claims, well, it's a losing business, and and you know, would and would any company want to be running a business that's in the that's going to be running in the red line? Yes, you know, yeah. probably not. They, they're going to they're going to they're going to try to recover the cost, and you know, the way insurance works is that the 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 premiums of many pay the losses of the few. Yep. So, are these are premiums going up, kind of at the same rate? across all property types or specific property types seeing the most increase? Well, actually, I would say that um, we're noticing more and more that um, the, that the, that the uh, increases are going based off 
location. That there are some locations that are much more flood prone. Um, those locations are, we're noticing premiums going up off, uh, significant if, if, you know, rainfall across, there's, there's rainfalls, uh, going over a certain area. We're noticing that specific area to be facing more increases on the upcoming years. But ideally, you'll notice it that there'll be a, a majority of the increase in a certain, let's say, postal code vicinity. Uh, then you'll see the surrounding areas, you know, also take a, take a hit, but not as significant. Okay, that makes sense. So, like, sort of has like a trickle down effect. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a way for an investor who is analyzing properties in a given market and mm-hmm. then in a city, is there a way for them to see um, compare premiums for specific areas in that city? Well, the majority of the premium you would say is based off of um, is based off the actual value that's being insured. That's your biggest biggest rating factor. So I, this is sort of sidestepping your question because it's a very difficult one to give a direct answer to. But I think the underlying question is that is for an investor, would they be able? Which is the best way for them to know that to account for the insurance cost when they're calculating their expenses? Yeah. Right. So the the best way to go about this is knowing that uh, talk to your broker first of all. Keep your broker in the loop, um, and I always recommend a broker uh, because brokers have ac- have access to many markets over an agent. An agent's agent only works with one specific company, uh, and so and you know they only have one specific product that they'll be able to offer. On the and a broker will be able to get access multiple markets. So if one company is expensive in a certain vicinity compared to another company, you'll have that option available in front of you. Now, the so that's a one way to mitigate to make sure that you're getting a fair pricing on the product, on, on the property you're looking at, investing in. Uh, second way to, to look at the cost of uh, mitigating costs or saving costs and premium is to look at, uh, talk to your broker and see what type of, making sure the coverages are correct. Um, eliminate any coverages that you don't need. Uh, and uh, and uh, third is to have increase look at increasing your deductibles and taking on a bit more uh, more on taking a bit more of the loss on your on your hands because the higher your deductible is it helps mitigate the premiums. Now obviously a proper an apartment building which may have a reconstruction value of let's say two million compared to you know a single dwelling uh, a single story bungalow which may have a reconstruction value of two hundred thousand. Obviously, will have uh, have different exposures. Have will have different premiums associated, and it will not go in in just a dollar. It's not going to go in a in a, in a rising scale. That'll that the apartment building will be ten times more than what uh, a, a single a single single apartment building will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So every company rates them differently. Um, and to add a bit more confusion to this, <laughs> is that is that an apartment building. Some companies may love to do apartment buildings, uh, but they won't be competitive with single-story homes or, you know, detached homes, while another company will have the opposite effect. So, so, so this is what I always recommend. Tom, keep your broker part of the part of the negotiation, part of the deal when you're looking at the project. And, and you know what? Ask your broker to come out and check the property with you. Mm. Yeah. So, okay, that's really good. That's some good points. So, obviously, use a broker rather than just an agent for a single company. That kind of makes sense, uh, I think, for most people.
people across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting how you mentioned, like, take, maybe take on a, a bigger um, deductible. Uh, deductible, thank you. I was going to say down payment because it's comparable to the down payment. Mm-hmm. You, the more you put down on the property, the less your mortgage, mortgage is. So in this case, the more you're willing to pay out for initially on any insurance claim, the less your premiums will be month to month. Right, right, and, and oftentimes, and oftentimes, I I notice that like you know what my, my my clients will start buying they'll, they'll start for their first property, for example, and lo and behold, after three months, you know they're they're eager, they're getting they're jumping in JV bills and everything. Now they're getting you know multiple properties, um, you know, in, in the span of a year or two years, and now before you know it, you have like ten properties under your belt. You know, congratulations to all of them, uh, and but guess what? Now, if you start you may not see a significant savings on increasing your deductible from, you know, standard minimum is $1,000. But if you jump it up to, let's say, $2,500, which is usually the next bracket up in deductible, um, and if you do this across 10 properties, guess what? Maybe it's a savings of $100 off off one property. But now you have it over a span over 10 properties. Now that 100 times 10 is $1,000 you're saving a year. Right, and um, and oftentimes you know the best question to ask yourself is, and your broker should have asked you this question is, you know, how much of the loss would you, how big does the loss have to be before you get the insurance company involved, right? Some, right. Some 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 investors will go, I, I I'm never going to put a claim in when if it's over uh, over three thousand or over I, I, if it's under five thousand dollars, for right. example. Then you should keep your deductible at at five thousand dollars. If you know if that's your contingency fund, that's your, that's your emergency fund that you keep aside for repairs and damages and stuff like that, um, then you know tell the insurance company anything above five thousand. Will anything above five thousand? I don't need you guys to jump in. Anything under five thousand, I'll take care of it out of my own pocket. That's pretty smart. I like this. I'm just going to summarize some of this. Make sure I'm, I'm sure. getting this. this sure. So yeah, obviously talk to a broker. Second of all, consider a, a bigger deductible, especially if you have a limit for what you want to pay for on your own before even talking to the insurance company about a claim mm-hmm. um, to minimize um, what your monthly payment is. Um, you, you mentioned not like removing um, clauses or protections that may not be necessary. What, mm-hmm. what might be some examples of that? So sometimes, like um, I had, I had, uh, I had one prospect. I had one gentleman. I can. I was, I was discussing this with them, and they have a beautiful house that's renovated, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it's a bungalow. It was the 1930s. They went in, gutted the whole place, built the whole thing. Did the, they did the Burr strategy, right? Cool. So I'm sure, you're, I'm sure your listeners all know the Burr strategy. Um, they went in and they did the Burr strategy, but they also had an ugly shed on the property, okay? <laughs> now, this shed was like, it was, you know, you know, 20 square feet or whatever, right? Now, on the insurance level, the insurance, we originally added this to the insurance coverage. However, the client's like, this shed is, you know, hasn't been, it's been here for decades. It's ruined. It's like rotten to the ground type of thing. I, I would never replace it. It's not worth anything. Uh, but when it was on the policy, he was paying it. He was paying a premium with his, uh, with old I just added on. And he was paying an extra premium for that, and he didn't realize it, right? So he's like, if, if, if this thing burns to the ground, I will never replace it. It's not worth anything. And the insurance company, if they came and took a look at it, it they wouldn't like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't give me a dollar for it, type of thing, right? Yeah. So, so we, so we went and we took it out, and it ended up saving him a couple, you know, uh, a, a couple, a couple hundred, uh, saved him about like almost I think like hundred bucks or something off his policy. Wow. Okay. 
So it's always yep. good to like, you know, most oftentimes people will just go and look at what's the, what's the last price. But you also have to compare as to what is the, what are you getting for that? Are you getting the best bang for your buck? Right. Um, and when it comes to investors and trying to save money in, you know, because the property prices, insurance prices are going up. Right. That's, that's not the way. It's not a, I can't sugarcoat and say, oh, no, 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 the price is going. Call me. I'll save you 10% off here. You know, call me for 10 minutes. I'll save you 10%. No, that's not the case. No. Markets are tightening up. Um, the companies that love to do insurance for certain, you know, industries are limiting. They, they're trying to get out of it. They're trying to like, you know, buckle down and trying to, you know, uh, bunker down and handle the storm, which is this hard market, which means that markets are pretty much losing money because of these claims that are taking place and those claims and those losses are being passed down to investors in the form of premiums to recover. Mm-hmm. So best thing to do, like you said, uh, talk to a broker, go over your options, go over all your coverages, and you go over, look at your deductible options. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're not too sure if you're getting the best bang for the buck, um, get a second opinion from another broker. The one thing I, uh, one thing I would like to stress upon is don't just compare your price, what you're paying, with another one of your investors. Because it's often time people love to say, hey, what do you think for your car insurance? Well, I'm paying so-and-so. Well, great, there's money. And that's the biggest, uh, people build this false perception that, you know, I'm paying more or, or less or whatever the case is uh, when they compare it to their investors because of the, of the fact that they end up incorrectly uh, incorrectly, they just compare the price and not the coverages and the rating factors and things of that nature. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so one last question um, before we cap things off. Sure. How, let's say someone got their renewal policy or their policy renewal in the mail, mm-hmm. double digit increases, mm-hmm. and, um, it's a lot. What can, uh, can they follow? What can they do to maybe renegotiate that or to adjust things so that, um, you know, maybe it's less of an increase mm-hmm. or what before even is, is the only option to hop and shop, hop off the bandwagon and shop around or are there ways to renegotiate a policy renewal? Yeah, actually you could, you could, most people don't realize this, but with your, you can negotiate with your commercial policies. Um, doesn't mean you'll get it in a hard, in, in a difficult tightening market, but it doesn't hurt to have a counter offer. And most people don't realize this. Now, if you're if you're if you have a good broker, they will be they already have done this before you even having to step in. Um, and if it's usually double digit increases, your broker would have already would have sent you would have already shopped the market for you and given you an idea that look, we went to about six different companies, and either they don't want to take on the property. Or they'll give it, or they'll insure your property for a higher price. And if you're lucky, they'll have a proper, they'll, they'll come to the company, they'll give you, you know, similar coverages at a cheaper price. And at that point, you have to make a decision and saying, okay, well, is the price worth it? How's the claim service with this, with this, with this company? Just because it's cheaper doesn't mean it's better. Um, but, um, yeah. you know, you definitely want to play the, you would definitely want to have a good, a good balance of everything. But you, you can negotiate with your insurance broker. You can negotiate with the ask your insurance broker to see if he's already done the negotiations with them. Um, if not, if he, if he has any failed with the current company, second question is to has he shopped the market for it, uh, or he or she has shopped the market uh, for the uh, for for quotes with uh, with 
within with other companies. And if they have, then you then you, and if you're still at that point not confident that what's happening, um, that you don't trust your broker's ability, then I would say to go to reach out to a second, um, uh, reach out to a second uh, second broker. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Some very practical stuff that uh, all of us can jump on right away. Thank you very much, On. Is there, uh, how can people contact you uh, with pieces waiting to hold me? Well, best way to, for people to get a hold of me is actually just go to my contact site, which is theinsurers.ca. It's my personal contact site. Or they can reach me at uh, Lion and Butler Insurance Brokers. Um, uh, I am a broker at that office, so you guys can reach me there, which is in Woodbridge. But the best way and the easiest way is for you to go just to jump on my site, theinsurers.ca, and uh, shoot me a contact. That message gets forwarded directly to myself, so I'm pretty fast at responding. Okay, perfect. So I'll make sure that those links are in the show notes, and uh, I'll also link to um, which which social media profiles would you prefer people connect to? Oh, add me on Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on both of those, um, okay. and if they are also if these investors are also part of those uh, real estate groups and so forth, I'm uh, I'm usually on the I'm pretty there's a pretty good chance that I'm, I'm part of those groups already. But yeah, Facebook, LinkedIn is cool. Just search on. Uh, the insurance guy, and I'll automatically pop up. Excellent. On, thank you so much for your time this morning. Hey, thanks so much, Joel, for having me on your great podcast. <laughs> All right. We'll talk uh, We'll talk again in, in maybe a couple months and just get an update on how things are going. And, um, yeah, let's, let's stay in touch. Look forward to it, man. All righty. Have a good one. Take care. What a kick-ass conversation, seriously. I was really excited to get this one out to you guys. I'm glad it's finally live. If you want to talk to on about renegotiating or just negotiating a policy renewal, if you want to talk to him about finding a new insurance company, if you want to just pick his brain about your situation and how to find some saving uh, money-saving avenues on your insurance, go to theinsurers.ca. So that's theinsurers.ca. Again, the links, of course, will be in the show notes as usual. So if you're driving or if your hands are not free, don't worry about it. You can later on go to the show notes, click on the link, and bam, you're there. You can also find on in LinkedIn, <laughs> in Facebook, there are also links to his Facebook and LinkedIn profiles there. On Facebook, you can search commercial insurance broker and you're looking uh, or facebook.com slash risk and insurance. LinkedIn, just search up his name on. So A-U-N, Japanwala, J-A-P-A-N-W-A-L-A. In any case, again, all the links are in the show notes. Let me know what you think. What have your insurance premiums spiked? Uh, email me recoffee at joelarnt.ca. So that's recoffee at j o e l a r n d t dot c a. And let me know what your insurance situation has looked like. Have you ever negotiated your policy renewal before? Uh, which insurance company have you found that's giving you the best bang for your buck? If you know someone who's struggling with this right now, who may have just received their policy renewal notice and they were um, concerned about it and talking to you about it recently, send this episode to them. 
I'd love to get their feedback. Maybe they can connect with On and get a second opinion on their policy. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Real Estate and Coffee. I appreciate you giving me uh, your attention. If you enjoy what you hear, please go over to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star review. If you have some tips and suggestions for improvement, leave leave some feedback as well. It's going to help more Canadians find real estate and coffee on Apple Podcasts and help anybody who touches real estate on a daily basis stay up to date with uh, with the market as a whole, from as a holistic picture, from insurance to mortgages to the market and demographic movements. You know, yesterday we were talking about how uh, the the rising um, percentage of the rising percentage increase of consumer insolvency in Canada. Like that's a demographic shift that anybody in the uh, the, the real estate that touches real estate on a daily basis needs to pay attention to because if people can't afford what they're buying that puts their house in jeopardy and that can have major uh, impacts across the market. It's not a red flag, but it is an indicator. And that's the kind of thing that we take a look at here on Real Estate and Coffee. Have a wonderful Wednesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow.